This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. We're in Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. The Lord Jesus in these verses establishes his church. In Matthew 16, in verse number 18, he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Here we have the Lord Jesus establishing his church. Now in Mark chapter number 12, as we studied the parable of the vineyard a few weeks ago, we saw that the Lord revealed his purposes and plans in the Old Testament in dealing with the nation of Israel, the spiritual leaders of Israel who were the husbandmen, the householder, of course, being the Lord himself, and the householder planted the vineyard. He planted the vineyard he did everything that could be done in preparing that vineyard so that that vineyard would bear much fruit. In fact, we saw in Isaiah chapter number 5, the Lord said, What more could have been done? What more could I have done to my vineyard? And the answer is nothing more. That God did all that was necessary as he established Israel as a nation. And he established them by calling, of course, Abraham. And then confirming his covenant with Isaac and Jacob by delivering his people uh, as Moses led them out from Egyptian bondage into the land as Joshua led them in. And they conquered the nations of the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites. And God blessed his people, but they rebelled against him. And the Lord 
having done all that could be done to prepare that vineyard, sent his servants, who are his prophets, to cry out to his people. And as those wicked husbandmen beat and stoned and slew those servants, Israel rejected the message of God's servants, killing some, imprisoning some, uh, beating some, stoning some, until the Lord sinned his son, as the householder sent his son, then they desired to kill the son of the householder. And we see that the Lord Jesus says here in Mark 12 that they, the, the, the vineyard should be taken away from those wicked husbandmen and it will be given to other husbandmen. Those other husbandmen are the apostles. It is the New Testament church. That is now where the vineyard is flourishing. Now, as I, I want you to understand there is a distinction between Israel and the church. And God's purposes for Israel uh, are not complete. Uh, God, the church has not taken the place of Israel. Uh, they are distinct. But we understand that God's redemptive purposes in the world are being carried out in this church age, in this dispensation, through the ministry of his church. And the Lord Jesus is revealing this here uh, to his disciples here in Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 13. And what we understand about the church is that the church is Christ's church. The church is the Lord Jesus' church. It belongs to him. This church, the Tabernacle Baptist Church, does not belong to the members of the church. It doesn't belong to the leaders of the church. It belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church. And in all things, he receives the preeminence in his church. So this is his church. That means that he, as the head of the church, is sovereign over the church. He is sovereign over the church. Now, as we come to this passage, we're going to learn some things about the church. First of all, I want you to see the confession of the church. The confession. Uh, we find in, in verse number 13, Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? By the way, that's the question. That is the question that all people have to answer. And what they do with that question determines their eternal destiny. You cannot avoid that question. You will answer it. And the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You will either bow here and now in this life and receive eternal life or you will bow in the afterlife and you will be condemned unto eternal death. But you will surely bow. Every person must give this confession. The great thing for us in this hour is that we have the opportunity to make this confession in our lifetime. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said... Here are the answers the disciples gave. Some say thou art John the Baptist. Remember John had been beheaded. And so some thought John is 
risen again in, in Jesus. Some Elias or Elijah, and others Jeremiah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. In other words, here they say, Lord Jesus, you are one of the prophets. That's what the people are saying. And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Well, that's what makes it personal, isn't it? Well, what do you think about Jesus? Well, the world will give you a lot of answers. By the way, the world will tell you a lot about Jesus. That is the Jesus that they have conjured up in their minds, that they have imagined for themselves. A Jesus that uh, is, is not the Jesus of the Bible, but a Jesus of their own ideology, a Jesus that they have formed and they have shaped. It is an idol to them that they have made in the image of man, not in the image of God. So the Lord asked them a personal question, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He got the right answer, didn't he? Hallelujah. You got the right answer. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Here we find salvation is of the Lord. God initiates the work of salvation in our hearts. He reveals the truth of the person of Jesus Christ to us. The Bible said there is none good, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. I'm glad that though I didn't seek after him, though I didn't understand and know who he was, I'm glad that I heard the message of the gospel and the Holy Spirit of God opened to my understanding that I needed to be saved, that I was a sinner on my way to hell. I'm glad that I saw that. I'm glad that I heard that Christ was the Son of God, that he rose again on the third day after he was crucified on the cross. He rose again victorious over death and hell in the grave, and he offers salvation to all who will believe. And I remember hearing that message as a seven year old boy sitting in a Bible school assembly and I thought to myself I need to get saved my friend didn't reveal it to me my mother didn't reveal it to me God himself revealed it to me salvation is a work of the Lord thanks be unto God that he has initiated this work in our hearts to bring us to the point of confession. Have you confessed that Jesus is the Son of God? Amen. Who do you say that I am? That is the question of the hour, and that is the question that the church must answer in this hour and every other hour. Because we as a church are to confront a lost and dying world with that question. Who do you say that he is? And we preach the message of Jesus Christ. Before the church can be established, there must be a confession. Before you and I can be brought into the family of God, there must be this confession. And once this confession is made, then I become a child of God. I'm born again. I'm part of the family of God. I'm a part of God's church. So we see the confession. 
of the church. Then secondly, in, in verse number 18, we see the construction of the church. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Here's the construction of the church. Again, we find here that the Lord Jesus says, I will build my church. This is his church. And he is the author of this church, the founder of this church, and he is the builder of this church. He's the one who does the work. Now he says to Peter, thou art Peter, whose name means a little stone. That's what the name Peter meant, a little stone. And he says, upon this rock, that's not the same as a little stone. He's talking about a massive rock. He's talking about a massive stone that is more than just an individual. Peter is not the rock. The rock is Jesus Christ. Many have gotten it wrong to say that the Peter was the first pope and the church was established upon him. No, the church is established upon Jesus Christ. The Bible said that we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Here we find that Peter, he's a part of that foundation as one of the apostles, but he's not the whole. And here's the message uh, or, or the significance. It's not the apostles as individuals themselves. It is not their personalities. It is not uh, necessarily wrapped up in them as individuals. Here's what it means. It means that to them was imparted the power of God. They were the witnesses of God. They were the dispensers, the sources of all truth. They are now the husbandmen of the vineyard. And they are going to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. They are going to give a, to us throughout the New Testament the doctrine of the New Testament church, the doctrines of redemption. They are going to be the authorities to communicate to the church what it is that God wants us to know about his redemptive plan and about his church. And so here we find that upon the, the, the cornerstone of this confession of who Jesus is, the Lord said, I will build my church. That means that the church cannot be built independent of biblical truth. The, the sign gifts that were given to the apostles were given to authenticate their message. Remember, in the, in the first century, Paul said, there are going to be many false prophets. Jesus warned them of many false prophets. Paul warned the uh, leaders at Ephesus that after he, had, after he would depart, that grievous wolves would enter in. You see, the devil is always working to counterfeit the truth. So how do you authenticate the message? How do you establish who is a teacher, who is a spokesman for God? Well, the apostolic gifts lended authority and credence to the apostles. And the Lord is saying, I am going to build my church, and that church is built upon the word of God. That's why we have to be faithful to the word. The greatest thing 
that happens in the public meetings of God's church is the preaching of the word. It is the most significant and important thing that transpires. That has nothing to do with me and my gifts and my abilities as a preacher, which are very small and limited. It has everything to do, however, with the sufficiency of the scripture and our need to have a steady, healthy diet of God's word. And you, I'm sorry, but you cannot have a concert and a five-minute speech to jazz you up and motivate you for the week. That is not going to sustain you. That is not going to feed your soul. That is not going to give you discernment to live in the midst of a wicked world. We're built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. The Lord Jesus is building his church. And to build a substantial thing, sometimes you have to dig deep in the soil to establish the foundation. And God wants to do a work in the hearts of his people. And I believe that this pandemic is a gift to us. It's a gift to us. It's a gift to awaken us to our need of him and his word. We cannot be strong Christians. We cannot thrive in our marriages or in our lives, our work life. We cannot, we cannot make it through this crazy, tumultuous, wicked world independent of God and God's word. We need to feast on the word of God. And if we're going to be the church that Christ builds, we must be built upon the word of God. We must be built upon this confession of who he is. And by confessing that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, we are confessing that he is our sovereign God. We are confessing that we believe that this is his book, that he has the authority to tell us how to lead our lives and that we should have a desire to hear what he has to say and not only to hear it, but to obey it. And throughout this, this pandemic, this absence from church, and all the debates about if a church should be open or if a church should be closed and how should we have church, the important thing I believe God is teaching us is what we do as a church. We gather together. We worship God. We don't have to have all the bells and whistles, do we? We've gotten culturally accustomed to lots of them. And they all have their place and they're all good. But really all we need to do is come together, sing, pray, have the preaching of God's word. And then we need to go out in earnestness and sincerity and live the Christian life. The strength and measurement of this church is, is, is determined throughout the week. You see, used to, I have to tell you, I, I might think this way to myself, even though I, even, I knew better. I might think to myself, well, if we had a good crowd, if there was a lot of anticipation and excitement in the building, if people were singing and praising God and lifting their hands, by the way, nothing wrong with that, amen? That is in the Bible. 
if we had response during the invitation, if the auditorium was full, if the offering was good, those were sort of the measurables that you might say, man, we had a good Sunday. And you know what the Lord did? He said, those aren't the measurables. When you're preaching to an empty auditorium, looking at the screen, or at a camera rather, those aren't the measurables. When you're having three services and people are spread out and you have to try to see them. When there is no choir to sing, when there are no soloists or groups to sing, those aren't the measurables. What are the measurables? It's that God is with us. That God's word is going forward. That God is transforming us. That he is drawing us to himself. Those are the measurables. And they're not evidently clear to us externally. And those measurables are determined and seen over time. Not in a moment. We're in the instant gratification culture. But God does a deep work in our hearts. And I believe he's doing one in our church. And I believe he's doing a deeper one in me. And I trust in you. The construction of the church. It doesn't go as quickly as you want. The man you should feel the most compassion for in this place right now is Brian Odom. <laughs> or maybe Melissa. <laughs> We're trying to remodel an office and remodel a nursery and put up a preschool building and it's painfully slow. Painfully. And we expect God to do a deep work in our hearts with presto, add water. No. God works over time. But he builds. He's building lives. That's why we need to get back to church. That's why the church is essential. Because he's building us through his word, through the fellowship of his saints. Yes, we need to be together. The church, by its very nature, is an assembly. That is what the church is. It is the assembly of God's people. It doesn't mean we're foolish or rash or that we don't regard our health. But we have to understand that it is important to our soul and to the souls of lost men. that the church is meeting. Here's the confidence we have. Notice it in verse 18. That's the third thing we see here. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And now, here's some great confidence. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I am really troubled by what I see happening in our nation. 
over a period of, of recent years, I have seen a boldness and a willingness by those who hate the church and oppose the church, those who are in positions of leadership in our nation, by those who teach our children in secular schools, by those who report to us the news. There's a boldness in their contempt and disdain for God's church. We have political leaders in our nation who find no problem with multitudes of people meeting in the streets, resisting authority, destroying property. Looting businesses. There's no problem with the abortion clinics being opened and operating. But they have a major problem with the church meeting. Brother Hickman referenced in his prayer, a prayer and request on behalf of Pastor Charlie Clark in the congregation Solid Rock Baptist Church in New Jersey. There's also another church involved in that, Pastor Andy Reese. And he's a young man that we know. The name of his church escapes me. But they're facing a federal court case going before a federal judge because they have chosen to meet publicly in their church. They maintain distancing. They kept their facilities clean. They did everything they were supposed to do above and beyond, but they're facing prosecution. In California, the governor has said no more church meetings, and he's outlawed gatherings in people's homes. And so there are churches in California that have resisted that order and have met. Because they believe the church is essential. And so do I. And so do we. We've gone to the grocery stores. We've gone to the Lowe's home improvement warehouses. We've been in places where things have not been done as properly as they have been done here. And by the way, let me just say how much I appreciate our staff and all the volunteers who have helped keep this place clean and sanitized and have done so between every service in a wonderful way. You've done a wonderful job. Thank you very much. And when you look at all of the resistance and all of what can be uh, seen in, in no other light, if you have any discernment at all as a, as a contempt for God's church, oftentimes you feel uh, as if the church is so outnumbered. <laughs> as if the enemy is about to choke the life out of us. Well, the Lord Jesus has a promise for us. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No, no virus 
can stop the church. No government mandate can stop the church. No work of Satan himself and all the hosts of his demonic group can stop the church. The gates of hell cannot prevail against God's church. They could not prevail against Christ. They danced with glee and contempt when he gave up his life on the cross of Calvary. But on the third day, he came out of that grave. He's the Lord of hosts in Psalm 24. The Lord mighty in battle. That's our God. And he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now the gates, that's the place of that's the place of commerce. That's the place of, of, of uh, debate. That is the place of transaction. That is the place where decisions are made and binding legal decisions are made. It is the arena. The Bible speaks about uh, the, the children in the hand of the mighty man, they shall speak to their enemies in the gate. That means they will be trained, they will be prepared, they will be taught. By the way, that's what Tabernacle Christian School exists to do. We have families that hear about our school and they think, well, our children need an education. And yes, they do. Or they need an opportunity to compete in athletics. And yes, they do. But let me tell you what we exist to do. We exist to tell them about Jesus Christ. We exist to help them pass the one test that they must pass. Whom do men say that I am? That's what we're about. We want those children to speak to their enemies in the gate. We want them to be equipped. We want them to have an education. We want them to know God. We want them to be able to go into the arena and say, this is what God said in his word. So I just want to tell you, I think our mission 50 years after we began is more important today than it has ever been. We say, well, pastor, what are we going to do? I mean, the government's after us, and, and, and the people are uh, out there in the world. They think we're crazy, and, 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 and all of these forces are coming against us. What are we going to do? We're going to go to Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 18, and we're going to say, the Lord said the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. And that's our confidence. That's our confidence. If we don't have that, then let's all go home. And then we see our commission. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He said, I'm giving to you the keys of the kingdom. Here's the keys. What does that mean? Now remember... He says he's going to take it away from those wicked husbandmen and he's going to give it to a new group. Guess what they've got? They got the keys to the farm. We've got the keys to the kingdom. What is the key? The key is the message. God has entrusted us with the keys. 
from time to time, one of my sons will need to borrow my vehicle. It's really big gaps of time in between those times. And I say to them, here are the keys. That means they have the opportunity, the authority to operate that vehicle. The Lord said, I'm giving you the keys. I'm entrusting you the church of the living God, which is the pillar and ground of the truth. I'm entrusting you to do the work that I want done in this hour. That is preach the gospel. That is declare faithfully to God's people his truth. If you're a Sunday school teacher, you've got a key. If you're an usher or a deacon or a greeter or a nursery worker or a choir member or an instrumentalist or a member of Tabernacle Baptist Church who loves God and serves God in any capacity, you have a key in your hand. God wants to know what you're going to do with that key. That's the commission. We're to preach the gospel. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This speaks of the authority of the church. God has given us competence. He is entrusting us to be his stewards. You know, one of the things about a church... And in light of this, in these verses, in verse 19, rather, the church provides for each individual member, it provides accountability. In Matthew chapter 18, the Lord Jesus says, moreover, in verse 15, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Man, that would be good advice to take, wouldn't it? By the way, that's not advice. It's a command. Think of how much could be solved if we did that. Think of how few people would know about all of our troubles and everybody else's if we would do that. Go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. You mean I don't go to my friends and tell them this guy's offended me? No, that's... Not what you do. That's what we do. But that's not what the Lord says we should do. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more than in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the, what's the next word? The church, the assembly. If he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him uh, be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. In other words, the church operates with the authority of God. And the approval of God. And we are accountable to one another. My concern for our church 
in, in the faithfulness that many of you have exemplified is that some may be drifting away from the essential nature of the assembly of God's people. Now that is not to discount in any way those who have health conditions or those who are older who are clearly faithful to God and who are legitimately concerned about their health and are making wise steps to protect themselves. That is not a reproof of them whatsoever. But what it is is a warning to those who can get outside of the fellowship and get comfortable outside of the fellowship and are in danger of being drawn away from it on a permanent basis. And we all know, we all know there's a possibility of that happening. So the commission of the church, we preach the message of the gospel and the competence of the church. We have the authority of God. In this generation, people do not like accountability. Have you discovered that? They like to hop from one congregation to the next. If something exciting is going on down the road, that's where they're going to be. Wait a minute. How, how would your wife like that? Honey, I love you and I'm married to you. But there's another lady down the street. Oh no, that wouldn't play, would it? But we have such a casual. And I know I'm preaching to the Wednesday night crowd. But we have such a casual, slipshod attitude among people who say, well, I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. I love the church. But they don't even support it. They don't serve in it. They're not faithful to it. You will never succeed in life in your Christian life, outside of the church. And when people aren't in church, it's an evident sign. It's an evident sign that there's a problem within. Now again, understand the context of what I'm saying. I'm not talking about people who are protecting their health and, and have these underlying conditions. That's not what I'm talking about. I think it's been clear what I'm trying to say. The church is essential. We have to trust God to protect us. I can't stay cooped up in my house the rest of my life. My wife won't allow it. My kids don't need it. The American Academy of Pediatrics has said that it is children need to be in school for the development of their mind, the development of their body, the development of their social skills. They need that interaction. But we all need that interaction. We all need that fellowship. And we may have to, again, be wise in the way in which we go about it and discerning. But we need to move forward. Amen. Now, we have people who we try to keep social distancing. I think we've done a good job. 
There are cases, I imagine, when people aren't. There are people who wear masks. There are people who don't wear masks. I can't believe we've come to such a controversial thing in our country where it's become such a divisive thing. It does not need to be a divisive thing in God's house among God's people. And you need to respect. You need to respect other people. And we need to handle ourselves wisely. We don't need to cast judgment. We need to love one another and pray for one another. And allow the Lord to build his church. Amen? There's nothing that means more to God than his church. We're the apple of his eye. We're the pearl of great price. And may God do his work in his church. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used his word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.